Australia's Foreign Affairs Minister says the Indo-Pacific region has become more dangerous and volatile. Penny Wong, speaking at King's College University in London, urged all countries to ask how it could use its national power to avert a catastrophic conflict in the region. She says the Indo-Pacific is home to the largest military build-up in the world in the post-war period. North Korea conducted more than 60 ballistic missile launches last year. Last August, five Chinese ballistic missiles were reported to have fallen in Japan's exclusive economic zone. We must always remember that if conflict were to break out in the Indo-Pacific, it would be catastrophic for humanity. Caleb Fotheringham talks with Democracy Project geopolitical analyst Jeffrey Miller about Ms Wong's speech and asks if he thought the threat of war in the region is real. This was a speech to generate headlines. It was a headline-grabbing speech. There are ways in which diplomats can talk to play down matters. This was not one of these. It was it was a bold speech. It was an attention-grabbing speech in many ways. It had lots of very quotable lines, ranging from colonisation and calling on the UK to remember some of these more uncomfortable aspects of their past and trying to guilt-trip, in a way, the United Kingdom into becoming more involved in the Indo-Pacific but also these lines about a potentially catastrophic conflict and the risk of a conflict in the Indo-Pacific. I think she's trying to get the UK to stay on board despite all the economic troubles that the United Kingdom is facing at the moment. Remember, they're likely to head into recession uh, this year and to be the worst performing uh, G7 member. And it would be tempting for Rishi Sunak, the new Prime Minister over there, to, to undertake a process of retrenchment. The UK has become more involved in the Indo-Pacific over the last two or three years under Boris Johnson and Liz Truss. They really sought to become more of a a part of this region as part of the global Britain strategy post-Brexit. Rishi Sunak is cut from a different cloth and he may be tempted to save money and by retrenching from some of these grander plans in the Indo-Pacific Penny Wong is spelling out the reasons why the UK should stay involved and and should not run away from the Indo-Pacific. Do you think that she was overstating the possibility of a war in the Indo-Pacific region? I think she was being very bold. The speech, as I said, was designed to grab headlines. I think there is a real risk of a catastrophic conflict in the Indo-Pacific, and I think we need to do everything to, to stop that happening. I think we need to prevent war it's the way that you go about that. And some of these things that she's talking about in the speech, I think, are, are really positive. And the need to increase diplomacy, for example. I think we could do with a lot more diplomacy at the moment. And to, to her credit, Penny Wong has done some of that. She met with uh, Wang Yi, the Chinese foreign minister in Beijing, uh, just before Christmas, for example. We have actually an upswing towards diplomacy in the last few months or so. And I'd love to see that continue. I think it's really important to... Uh, to use uh, words uh, rather than weapons and to try and avoid a greater conflict. At the same time, it's clear that she sees the military strategy as really a big part of the plan. And uh, the speech was also about reinforcing the commitments that the United Kingdom has made in hard security with the likes of AUKUS. And and she's calling on the UK to do even more than it's it's doing already and not to be tempted to to save money and, and stay home. It was such a strongly worded speech. As you said, it was a headline-grabbing speech. Does she know something else that the rest of the public might not know about how real this risk of a war is? Well, look, as Foreign Minister, she will always be privy to more information than you or I would. 
be. I don't think she's got anything particular that she's thinking about. I think she's thinking in in, in general terms. I think you've got to realise that the speech really was carefully crafted for a, a British audience and it was designed to be interpreted by British foreign policy elites and to try and get them on board and keep them on board with being in the Indo-Pacific. Another thing that she said was our region is home to the largest military build-up anywhere in the world in the post-war period. What time period is she referring to? And is the Pacific, Indo-Pacific region the place with the largest military build-up? She's referring to the post-World War II period. And I think this is a way of trying to bring this home to British audiences to say, look, this is the biggest threat the world's faced in 70 years, which is a pretty bold statement to make given, you know, we went through the whole Cold War period as well. But she's saying, look, there's an arms race on, there's a competition on, you know, you've got to get serious about it. I think in some ways she's trying to globalise in the, the threats in the Indo-Pacific. And she's saying, look, it will be catastrophic for the world. It's not something that you can sit out, not something that you can say, oh, well, look, this doesn't concern us. She's trying to really paint a picture of a global calamity, a global disaster, a global catastrophe. And yes, every country in the Indo-Pacific is increasing their militaries. That's what's so depressing at the moment. There's millions and billions of dollars going into armies. You know, this is money that's not going into schools, hospitals, roads, climate change impacts. Um, you know, it's going into high-tech war-making machines. And it's just the climate we're in, sadly. And uh, everyone is looking at what everyone else is doing and everyone's spending more on weapons. And I think there's been a real reassessment since Russia invaded Ukraine about the likelihood of a war in the Indo-Pacific. And you saw that last year, a lot of people were very jumpy over Taiwan and uh, over China.